Hey guys, we're also brought to you by Happiest. Now, Happiest, as you know, is uh, your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And the best part is, is they're local. They're locally owned. They're locally sourced. They're THC free. They're um, lab tested. I mean, guys, they're all around good. If you need a freeze roll on or a tincture, you need to go really check them out. Um, go to happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com to get a bottle or two. And guys, please follow me on social media uh, on Instagram at Dalton K. Jensen or on Facebook at The Thinking Project Pod. And if you got any value out of these podcasts lately, uh, consider leaving a review on Apple. It really helps me out. It really helps get our message out to the world uh, for The Thinking Project, guys. And today I had the pleasure of interviewing Lark Dean Galley, who is a brand new author um, of Learning to Breathe Again. And this is a book about um, overcoming the trials and the struggles of losing a loved one to suicide. Um, Lark has an amazing story that we got to go over pretty in depth, actually. And it was such a beautiful conversation and something that everybody needs to be aware of here in Utah, especially like if you're struggling at all, I'm going to put a plug in here for one of my favorite um, crisis text line. It's actually called the crisis text line. But if you're ever in crisis, you can uh, text 741741. And there's a crisis counselors that are ready to take your text and ready to just help you find a cool place. And that's what we got to do. We got to talk about what it means to recover and learn to breathe again after we lose a loved one. And what also it means to help, you know, reach out and connect with people. So please uh, welcome Lark Dean Galley. Check out her book on Amazon. There'll be a link in the description for her book. Um, it's coming out November 10th. And you guys will really enjoy it. And I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Lark Dean Galley. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. All right, Lark Dean Galley, thanks for uh, joining me and being here. My pleasure. Thank you, Dalton, <laughs> so, for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think where I want to start, learning to breathe again, choosing to heal after losing a loved one to suicide. That's a that's an deep topic. And it I is. think one that affects Utah quite a bit. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And you're actually holding one of my first official <laughs> copies. So I'm, I feel I'm happy honored to get that. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I took some different uh, insights from people, asked them, you know, what they thought about different titles that I had come up with. And that's the one that sort of was chosen by the group. And it, it comes across in, in a couple different ways. First of all, learning to breathe again, because having been affected by first my father's suicide, and then five years later, my 19-year-old son's suicide, wow. and that was just 19 months ago, Wow! everything felt heavy. You know, you say, what's the hardest part about, about a suicide or losing someone? And it's like, well, there's no one thing. It's like just yeah. everything in your life hurts and it's hard. Even breathing, like it just, it was hard to even take a breath. Sometimes you'd forget to breathe. Mm. And so it's like learning to breathe again, learning to do the things that you take for granted, learning to just make it through the mundane. That's, that's hard. And then the second part about choosing to heal 
after losing a loved one. I like that title. Choosing. And that's what it was. It was a decision. It was a choice. It was an active choice I made to say, I need to find some purpose and meaning in this terrible situation, choosing to heal. Because as I started to get on different Facebook groups and associate with other parents who had lost their children, they were stuck. Most of them were stuck. Their child could have died 20 years ago or one mother's child died three years ago. She still had the child's backpack on the stairway where the Mm -hmm. child left it. And I thought, I do not want to be stuck in that place where I just spin and spin and spin. What can I do? How can I make a difference? And it was just by accepting a mission for my life and totally changing the direction of what I was doing to take on this suicide prevention platform. And honestly, 19 months ago, if you had said, Lark, you're going to be on my podcast and we're going to talk about suicide prevention, I was indulted. No chance. Yeah, right. No chance. Wow. Right. Even though though your father had died by suicide. Especially my father, because what happened, I couldn't talk about it. He was first in a car accident, which then precipitated him taking out a gun and shooting himself, which Mm. is what ended his life. Mm. I couldn't say that last part. I had close friends who didn't know how he actually died because I couldn't say it because the, the stigma and the shame around suicide. And then when my son died by suicide, I started to go there and I started to feel that dark hole opening up. Like I was in for five months after my father died, I was in a depression. I don't remember those five months. Wow. And when my son died, I I just started thinking, you know, I want to crawl into a hole. I want to hide. I don't want to talk. And yet I was looking at the rest of my family, realizing that they were struggling and I didn't have the luxury of going into a hole for five months or five years Mm. because when I came out, they might not be there. Yeah. And that was a hard decision to make, but it, it wasn't easy, but I knew I had to do it. Yeah. And, and by doing it, you mean like choosing to move on and choosing to, you know, and, and not, and, and just accept, right. That what is going on right. is happening and, and, you know, and you can either, you know, yeah, like you said, you can either, you know, deal with it one way or you can pick up and move on and, and just go well, and, and just, make a difference. Right. Well, yeah. I just noticed that when I get down, it's because I start thinking thoughts about what could have been, what if yeah. he didn't die? Okay. So I have to stop myself there and say, okay, that's crazy talk because yeah. we can't change it. Do I regret it? Do I wish it could be different? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for me to say, you know, what if he didn't, you know, right. and that's when I start to spin and go into a black hole. <gasps> and so as much as, as sometimes I want to go down that rabbit hole or I want to fantasize, I have to stop myself. And that's how I can stay positive in the sense that like, let's talk about how we can change things for the future. Yeah. And, and change things for the future for your family. Mm-hmm. Cause I know you, I, I think at least I heard on a podcast, I think you have more than one child. Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. And so you got to be strong for them. Exactly. And for your family. You know what? And we were all going through different stages of grief where I had a daughter yeah. that could talk about it. And then I had another daughter who would leave the room if I started to talk about it. And, and you know, we were just struggling yeah. in, in our different ways, trying to cope as best we could. And, and it's been a rough patch. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that, especially for, especially for youth, adolescents, like dealing with death is not something that they teach in school or that you talk about very often. And, it, right? and it's just heavy. And yeah, it is. There's, death is hard enough, let alone losing someone by suicide. Yeah. Because you think it, it really could have been different. Or sure, why wasn't sure. I enough 
to help this person move forward? Why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't I know? You know, all those are these tough questions. questions. Yes. Yeah, those yes. are tough. How did you deal with those? Uh, it was really hard. And yeah. at first, because my relationship with my son was so volatile, I mean, he, he was a brilliant kid. Yeah. He argued with me every day of his life. And, uh, you know, as a parent, yeah. it was so frustrating. I just yeah. try to help you, you know, and yeah, try yeah, to teach you yeah. life skills. And, and so it was frustrating for me. And the first few days after he passed on, I just thought he hates me. He, you mm -hmm. know, I was not a good mom. I wish I could have done something different. Why, why did our relationship have to be this way? And, and so many regrets. And I had a few people the first week that he passed away that came to me and said, your son has a message for you. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, yeah, like, well, like this yeah. is kind of weird, but all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. listen. Three people, three different people in three, in that one week said, tell my mom that I love her. Yeah. Wow. And I knew that message was for me. And I knew that he was not in the same state of mind that he was when he passed away, where we were, you know, arguing every day. Yeah. And that he had moved to a place where he could see that how I tried to parent was because I loved him. And um, I, I, this is going to sound weird, but I actually feel closer to him now. I enjoy sharing his story because then he and I can be close. And I feel that he wants people to know, make a different choice. Your yeah. life matters and you have something to contribute on this earth. And oh. if, if you choose to end your life early, you're going to miss out on so much, especially being there for the people that need and love you yeah well i don't think that's weird at all you know because i've i before before we were talking in the other you know uh before the podcast um you know i've lost loved ones to suicide you know my my wife's cousin that was probably a big one but it, it was you know i've heard that same thing you know like dealing with it helps people be closer with them you know and, and they feel that right and so it's just amazing an amazing story like being strong like that being able to keep going and really and and you know and tell people mm -hmm. right because i think that if you if you have a story that you should tell it and share it mm -hmm. Um, and and because it just helps people, like That's awareness right. is a big deal. Well, I found that the more I started to share it and and open up and be very, you know, just like let's remove the stigma, let's talk about it, that people would feel then comfortable and able to talk to me and say I was hurting, I attempted suicide, or I've been thinking about it, and it helps people to understand when we talk about it that they're not the only one that is hurting. I think we all hurt in different ways. <laughs> yeah. And if we isolate and we don't talk about it, then then we're over here in a corner thinking nobody else understands me. Nobody's feeling what I'm feeling, which is exactly the opposite of the truth. Right. Well, and that, yeah, and that's a dangerous one, too. A lot of people get sucked into that one yes. that, like, I'm the only one. Like, no one knows how I'm feeling and kind of thing. And and I think we've all experienced that. And that's a tough one to get out of, too. Like, because, because it's so unique. Like, each experience is so unique. But... But what's not unique is the empathy that we get from each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and how we can, you know, our stories are very different, but but I feel the same. You know what I mean? Right. Those feelings. Right. I mean, we're all human and we all experience yeah. grief and loss and pain. And if we can be more empathetic yeah. and kinder to each other. Yeah. And I feel like one of the lessons that my son taught me was, was to have that empathy. I was a very... <laughs> action oriented just get it done do these tasks and yeah. we'll be fine and not yeah. 
no hugs, you know, don't even touch me, don't look at me <laughs> type person. Yeah. And and now I slow down. I take the time to really see people, to really understand, you know, what might they be going through and, and how can I help them see the beauty in themselves and mm. see that they matter. Yeah. And that's huge. That is huge. I think that people, I think, you know, we were talking about this before too. Like I was um, a counselor in the crisis text line and they told it like when we were being trained specifically, it was like, we do not solve problems. We just listen. And I was like, you know, and I, and I'm a dude, right. And <laughs> dudes like to fix things. You know what I mean? And <laughs> for the most part, like generalizing obviously, but, but that was true for me. I just fix things. And they would tell us like, no, just don't fix anything. Just listen to them. Use, you know, active listening and i realized that more people were helped with just that than any advice i could have given anybody exactly because that's what we're all looking for yeah. is just to be heard right um i was so fortunate to meet and um interact with richard paul evans who was kind enough to write wow. the forward to yeah. my book and when i uh, met him and we we had a chance to have a, like a real in-depth conversation the thing i remember about him is that he just listened he didn't try to solve anything or, or give me a bunch of to-dos. He just listened. And he he has a foundation, you know, the, the Christmas box house that has helped 125,000 children. Wow. And, and just to improve their lives and try to have a stable, safe place to be when, when their home life is awful. And he has set up these um, angels, you know, from, from the Christmas box, the book that he wrote originally yeah. for grieving parents to go to. So he's had a lot of experiences where he's interacted with people who are in grief. Yeah. And I just remember coming away from our conversation, which I have to say was more one-sided. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> but he just listened and, and I felt heard and, and seen. Yeah. And I think that's uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that anybody can do, especially when you're talking about. Um, and, and, you know, now that we've been talking a little bit, learning to breathe again, that's such an excellent title because it really is like it. You know, when you lose somebody, it's tough. That's really hard. And even like, um, you know, losing somebody or betrayal or things like that, it can feel really heavy. I know I listened to one podcast where you talked about that a little bit, your first husband, right? Right. right. I mean, there's a lot of grief. We experience grief as humans throughout our life. And and like you referenced, yeah. my, my first husband left me six months pregnant, you know, Jeez. just and li literally he disappeared. He left the country. Wow. Right. And, and this was before cell phones. I mean, you, wow, you talk about a crazy life, you know, yeah, and no I read a book about something like that where, you know, it was fiction <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, my life is even yeah. crazy. Yeah. That, what you can't even believe and oh, and no. so it's these things happen in our lives whether it was back in high school where maybe you broke up with a girlfriend or boyfriend or moving even good things like graduating from high school or college or or getting a new job and moving to a new state sometimes there's some grief in that because you're leaving something behind and so if we can acknowledge that there's grief and see that and be able to say okay what can I do, you know, acknowledge this grief and be able to then learn and and move forward? Because it's really hard to move forward if we don't acknowledge the, the grief in the past. Like talking about my son's death and talking about my father's death yeah. has allowed me to heal when shutting out my father's death and not talking about it didn't let me heal. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's amazing how just talking can help you heal, you know, and, and help you work through things, you know, because when you're in your head, if it always seems a little bit bigger than it is, not to say that these things aren't big, but I've just noticed that like once I start talking about it, I'm like, okay, I can deal with these are things as I'm listening to myself talk, you know, I can deal with these things, you know, I can, exactly. I can work through these things. Well, and especially I can, if you're, if you're sharing with someone else, you don't feel like you're carrying the burden. All oh along, yeah, right? seriously. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, let me ask you this, because I, I actually had the opportunity to finish a book last week called um, The Gift of Forgiveness. And there was a couple stories in there, and it's by Katie Schwarzenegger. But there's a couple stories in there where there, you know, there's been deaths by suicide. And she talks about forgiveness as one of them. And did you ever experience anything like that, forgiveness or anything? Well, I will tell you, the first week after he died, like, I was so angry with him. So angry. Wow. I, I did not cry for the first week when my son died. My husband, mm. military, right? Yeah. He cried for three days. Wow. And I've never really seen him cry before. Mm. And for me, I just shut off all the feelings and I was so angry. And it wasn't until a week after he died that I saw a picture of him as a little boy. And then I just broke down and sobbed. Mm. And, and through some processing and realizing and just realizing that he wasn't in his right mind. You know, we, we need to look at people who die by suicide with compassion Yeah, because they've overcome this innate desire to preserve their life. Right. And and they're thinking I'm a burden to my family. I should just end it all. I'm causing problems. They're not in their right minds. And when I could come to understand that he wasn't thinking straight, that if, if, he were making another choice now and he wasn't under pressure and feeling all of this depression, he would have made a different choice. And it was through that that I could say, I understand you. I understand, you know, why you were feeling this way. And I don't even know that I would say forgive more that, sure. I, that I understand because I don't know that I'm in a, yeah. you know, I, I had to forgive myself maybe for some things that I felt I, I did not do as well as a parent. Regrets. Right? Yeah, regrets. Yeah. So you had to go through some of those things. Yes. Well, and and so I think forgiveness is a weird word, mm-hmm. right? Because and and a weird concept, right? Because you don't. It's not if if it exists, and and I get in trouble for this sometimes. But if it exists, it's only a gift, and it's only a gift to us, right? But I just I just hadn't remembered reading about some of those things, and I was like, you know, it's kind of interesting. But they they didn't use the word forgiveness a lot in the book. They mostly used the, the words you've already said, and that we've been talking about. You know, they've they experienced gratitude. They experienced compassion. They experienced empathy. They experienced service. You know, they were like, okay, how can I help other people from, you know, maybe I can prevent something or maybe I can help somebody else cope and things like that. So I think that's like, I think that's beautiful. I think it's really important. But you, now, is this the first book you've wrote? Yes. You know, I had always wanted to be an author, but I will tell you that the, the first book that I thought about writing was completely different. It was a, it was going to be a parenting book, and it was going to talk about how strict you needed to be with your with your children and how you wow. needed to raise them a specific way. And I laugh now because everything I thought I knew about parenting I've thrown out. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> yes, and I I change and I parent in a different way. Wow! I believe that as parents we are here to love and guide our children. We are not their boss. We are not in charge of them. We are not their dictator. And we get so caught up in this. Well, if they don't do X, Y, Z, or if they don't graduate from high school or they don't go on to college or if they don't become a doctor or they don't walk this path, 
then they failed or then I have failed as oh, a parent. Oh, yeah, that's even harder. And it gets wrapped up yeah, and it's geez. really messed up. And so if we just step back and take away our ego from the equation and say, I am here to love and guide you. So, for example, let's say that your child comes to you and says, hey, I got my girlfriend pregnant or right. dad, I'm gay. Yeah. How are we as parents going to deal with that? Yeah. You know, what's so funny is <laughs> I have two little babies that you saw before we came here. Um, and we and my wife and I talk about that all the time. And and I think our answers came from because I'm similar. You know what I mean? We've we've already had the conversation. And so it's not that, you know, because. Um, I stopped using the word raise children. Like you raise, like I'm from Iowa. Like you raise cattle and you raise sheep. You know what I mean? Um, you don't raise kids. Yeah. You help them grow and you, and you try to guide them as much as they can. Because I'll tell you, like when I first became a parent, um, and I'm sure you felt the same way, but they're so different. And even my son and my daughter, they're so different from even each other. And I, and I don't feel like we've changed a whole lot in the way we parented, you know, mm-hmm. they're just so different and they're so different from me and, and they're just their own person. So yes. I, I feel that. I feel that. You know, and and so as I've understood this a little bit better, I have two two daughters and and another son, older son. Um, The daughters, one is 24 and the other one is almost 20. Okay. So just a couple weeks ago, she came home and showed her dad and me, and she still lives at home. She's 19, still lives at home, showed her dad and me this lovely tattoo that she got, that she was so proud of. And I will tell you, two years ago, it might not have gone well, right? Sure, <laughs> I would have sure. been upset because <laughs> sure. I, I don't choose to put tattoos sure. on my body. Sure. And I just looked at her and I said, well, dear, you love hiking in the mountains. That's so nice that you were able to get a tattoo of the mountains on the side of your foot, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I looked inside and I realized I didn't have any any negative feelings, any anger. It was was very different, you know, because sometimes we can say things like, oh, that's nice, but- Yeah, but not but mean it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but not mean and it. And I just realized there was no negative emotion there. Yeah. I could just say, good for you, right? Yeah. And, and where do you think those feelings came from for you? Because I realized that my relationship with my daughter and her being there is more important than anything that she could do, say, be. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That's such a beautiful thing because you're right. Like I would think the same thing, you know, it's just, there's some things that are more important and like, and if it, you know, for me, if it doesn't affect, if there's, it's almost like if it doesn't affect like our safety, you know, or our rights or something, then like, what does it matter? Yeah. There's, there's something deeper. Back in 2007, my husband came home from Afghanistan. Okay. And he had a different perspective on life, right? I mean, he had been through 18 months of in-country out on the lines like he was Scary. embedded yeah. with the Afghans wow. out out not even you know in a camp in a, in not a even, secure camp yeah. yeah he was out and he came home and his philosophy was if somebody isn't dying today it's a good day wow and when you take on that kind of perspective where let's really look at this you know is a bad grade in the scheme of life does it really matter or right. does that fender bender does it really matter those kinds of things and and at first i was a little upset with him because i thought well yes these things matter life is serious you know yeah, we, yeah. we have to be. Yeah. and now that my son has passed on i look at stuff differently and i i just a few weeks after uh, my son passed along um my pa- passed on i was in this this kind of coaching group and and we were kind of talking and one of the women was complaining that she had been in a fender bender and she was so upset because it's going to cost several hundreds of dollars and she didn't have it and she was just going on and on and i tried to yeah. very gently 
say, you know, in the scheme of things, it's really not that important. Yeah. And and that's the way I view my life now. Yeah. Well, there's there is no uh, well, there's no reason to get upset because yeah, because I I think to add to what you're saying too is like, um, and there's nothing you can do about. It. So there's some things you just can't control, and and to get upset about things you can't control really puts you in a exactly. <laughs> but I I like I like your shift because so I got my bachelor's degree in accounting, and I know you got your master's in economics, mm-hmm. right? And and works for corporations and I've done the same thing. And that mindset really follows you. I mean, it's that kind of like economics, accounting, that business that like, right? Like I don't- Black and white. Like excuses <laughs> don't pay the bills, right? Like, yes. <laughs> Get out there and do yeah, it. Yeah, it's right, that's right. There's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I just, I feel like that's really cool. But, and are you still involved with all that? Oh yes, so I have okay. a, a couple of businesses. Okay, yeah. Um, so I have a small trucking company that I've streamlined and just uh, set wow. up so that I don't really spend a lot of time with it. You know, cool. it's, yeah. it's running well. And then I, I started doing business coaching, entrepreneurs, that type of thing. And what was really interesting to me is a lot of these, what I would call great, high power, successful entrepreneurs, they would accomplish something and I would say, okay, let's move on to your next your next goal. And we'd talk about what the goal was and they would, they would often say, I don't think I'm good enough to do that. I don't think I can, I'm not the expert. And they would tell me the reasons why they couldn't. And I would ask them, I would say, you just accomplished this huge goal, which is bigger than this one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I said, you can do this. And and a lot of times, you know, we, we set ourselves up and we think we can't do something that we really can, or we don't value ourselves. And I realized when my son passed on that it wasn't just, you know, superstar entrepreneurs, is everybody has these questions about their value. Am I good enough? Do I matter yeah everybody has that yeah and that's that's a tough one to overcome too especially for entrepreneurs because you are in the because entrepreneurship isn't fun for the most part it's, <laughs> it's you know crazy what I mean? like what are we it, thinking it can, it can pay off it can it has a lot of payoff but it's not a very fun path <laughs> you know yep. and so you can get down on yourself real quick exactly because you, know you think mean? you know it's not working or it is working you know yeah. it's, it's this roller coaster yeah. with being an entrepreneur and i would say that you know this year with covid uh some businesses are doing really well because of COVID, just because, you know, their services are more in demand. Some people are are going out of business because they don't have any customers. Some people have been successful at at shifting what they do and some people have not been successful and I've seen it across the board. And and that's the one thing is sometimes you you feel like you want to pack it in some days, right? For and, sure. And I'm just going to go get a, a, a you know a nine to five and, and and get a steady paycheck, but yeah, yeah. But there's not necessarily security there either, right? No, there's not. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like the like if you're if you're in a reset like 08 or or even now like even nine to five people, mm-hmm. right? Got screwed. Mm-hmm. They don't know and if you they really you, have a job. You yeah. thought you thought you had security, and one day they downsized or decided to furlough or lay off and now you don't have anything and exactly you know what i mean and so i think there's like there's that bittersweetness right like i'm an entrepreneur so i can figure this out right um but then there's that you know it's just so tough i would say it's so important to have a a, a skill set anytime you have the opportunity to learn something new amen take advantage of that i look back on my life and i'm like i have the weirdest like strangest education and yeah. how i was able to learn different <laughs> skills and they don't really mesh at all it's like why did she do this and why yeah, did she do that yeah. but now i look and i i think i could probably do almost anything except code a computer sure sure <laughs> you know because sure. i have no interest in that but <laughs> sure. i could probably figure out or do almost anything 
because I'm willing to learn and I have a varied skill set, which allows me to adapt, which is so important. Yeah. I, I tell people that all the time, like your biggest, I mean, you know, a lot of people will tell you, like, if you're a financial coach, your income's your biggest asset or things like that. My thing is right on line with yours. Like, your skills pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you, you confidence, skills give you the confidence to say, like, if you lose your this nine to five, I got more skills. I can go pick this up. I can do my own thing. You know, if this entrepreneur is not working, I got skills. I can be a whatever. You know exactly. what I mean? I, I totally agree with that. Do you, have you seen, like, because um, you did this before you wrote the book and before these things happened um you know where you lost your father you know you lost your son but have you seen um you you've been able to translate what the lessons you've learned from these experiences into the business and entrepreneurship coaching and world and things like that in a way i've been spending a lot of time in in writing the book and launching the book and i I will say for aspiring writers writing the book is just the first part oh yeah marketing it and yes and getting it out (laughs) and it was a very emotional book to write so it it took a lot longer than you know my doer i'm gonna do this in two weeks you know over a year later (laughs) you know it it took a lot longer than i thought just because i would start and then it would be too too much too heavy and i'd have to come back to it later so i would say that in in maybe coaching with people or or talking to people i am more understanding of maybe the difficulties they're facing that type of thing um in the past if somebody might have said i'm doing the best i can my answer would have said well your best isn't good enough yeah your best doesn't pay the bills we need results yeah the the economics the the account yeah yeah, yeah. that really harsh line right yeah yeah and now i'm i'm willing to spend time with people let's talk about this what are the other aspects interesting the other thing that i i remember early on when my my kids were younger and there were you know my son especially like every day of his life he just he knew what buttons to push right <laughs> just like yes. he was yeah. that kid yeah and so frustrating and I, and I look back and I think isn't it interesting that I thought I could have all of this frustration in my home environment you know with with my child or with my spouse or whatever and things weren't good there and yet I would go out to work and try to win clients and and have this frustration would follow me, even though we yeah. think oh, that yeah. we can separate, you know, our lives. Tough. It, it follows you. And it, and when I started to work on my home relationships, that's when my business relationships started to improve. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, isn't that interesting? <laughs> there's something here. <laughs> yeah, there's something here. There must be something correlated. So I would just say we we think we can hide things from the world and whether it's conscious or subconscious we really can't people pick up on that yeah well i think as a business owner i think that's so true like you've got to be able to you've got to be able to just manage things right i've 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 that's a new word in my vocabulary too is just manage you know because it's going to be a bad day but you've got to be able to manage it you cope manage like i'm sure um even you know I'm, i'm sure even with me right like there's days where you know, our family remembers our cousin who passed away by suicide and it's tough. But but you've got to manage that. Right. You know what I mean? And so you use it as a learning lesson and say, what maybe could I have done differently? Maybe I could have reached out or, yeah. or whatever. And how am I going to do that differently in my interactions with people in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think people. And let me ask you this. You've you you've mentioned that you've kind of switched like when you talk to people now the the business clients that you've had i mean how have those responses been different like versus you know before and now so i will i will talk to people more and and maybe delve into some of their their 
their home life, you know, yeah, like let's yeah. talk about this and what's yeah. going on there and, and really look at the root and find oftentimes it's just that they lack self-confidence or they, they wonder about their value. So yeah. I always try to tell people, what is it that you have learned that makes you different and sets you apart from, from everybody else? So yeah. for example, I was talking with one woman yesterday who's wanting to bring some programs that, that she's implemented with with her autistic son and with um, some, her husband reads numbers backwards and, and so oh, some yeah. things that they've learned in their home for, for these special programs. I'm like, you know, if you want to go into the homeschool community or just to help people with these specific niches, that's where you want to stay. You don't want to say, hey, you know, I'm going out to the whole wide world. Parents, let me help you with your kids. Good. Yeah. Good point. And what are the lessons that you have learned that because a lot of times we think that, oh, I know it, so everybody else must know it. And that's not the case, right? That's so true. It's like, what <laughs> comes easy to you or or what have you had to learn because of your, your situation? That's where you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, I don't think you could be more on point with that because it's, it's true. It's like, ah, nobody would ever pay for like business owners, right? Like nobody would ever pay for that. I've been doing that forever, but that's one of the reasons of this podcast. You know, I've that, that's what you do. You get on and you're like, and you're like, I've learned these things and now I can provide value to people's lives. And sometimes that value pays out in money, mm -hmm. right? Or, or other things. Right. But, but I like that. But most importantly, you know, they learn that because I, I, you know, I interviewed, um, the owner, he was the co-founder of Mobetta's. Um, and he was like him and his brother, they were going to start this restaurant, Mobetta's. Um, and he cooks that, all that stuff at home. Right. He's like, I don't know. I mean, like, so why would anybody want it? Yeah, right? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> but they, I mean, they doubled down and they really, I mean, they Mobetta's now. Right. But it's just that it's just what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. just because, and, and it's stuff that like, I, before I moved to Utah, cause I'm not originally from here. I, I, um, I went to, I lived in Iowa and I'm, and I'm Hawaiian. Um, and so I ate all of the stuff that he served, uh, in my house. Like my mom makes that. I know how to make that mac salad, rice and all that stuff, chicken and stuff. I'm like, I'll still go pay for that though. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> Just for because even though I, yeah, even though I can do it, you know what I mean? Uh, personally. So I think you're totally right. That's so awesome. Um, so you've been, you, you know, you're going on a lot of podcasts. You've done it quite a few before and I, and I'm sure you'll do more which is great. So what's like the biggest message you want to get out there? You know, it's especially um, important to talk about this this year with the pandemic and the lockdown because people are experiencing isolation and that's yeah. the opposite of what we need. Uh, we need to engage more with people, like spend time with people. Yeah. Um, there are a bunch of billboards coming up in Utah that I've noticed like, this is what suicide prevention looks like. And it's, you know, oh, a group yeah. of friends holding yeah. hands or hugging. And I'm like, that's great, but that's not reality for the most part right now. Right. Yeah, so, well, yeah, you put those billboards up and then, and then the same people who put the billboards up go into the next office and tell people that they six can't feet, get together, yeah, they can't yeah. get together or anything. And so that's what we need to it's be tough. really aware of is that yet yeah, those, those are the things that help is to have connection. And it's important. It's really important to to be with other people and to spend time with people. And uh, my father was had di uh, was bipolar, and so he wanted to do the opposite. He wanted to isolate, and that's what happens when people are in a depression. They want to isolate, which is exactly the opposite of what they really need to do for their mental health. And um, 
suicide attempts are up 30% this year. That's nuts. And it has a lot to do with the fear of, of what's going to happen, the uncertainty, and just the, the feeling of being isolated. And that's what we need to understand is like together we can get through this. And okay, if you don't have your six-figure job or whatever, you know, let, sure. let's look at this really in reality and, and comparison. It could be worse, Yeah. right? Yeah. Do you have your health? Do you have your family? Are you guys safe? Are you well? We'll get yeah. through it. Because the one thing that my husband and I have learned through it all is that nothing, things don't matter. Yeah. Relationships are the only thing that matters in the end. You know, um, we look at, okay, we have degrees and we've we have businesses and we've yeah. done all these things. And they don't mean anything to us. The house, the car, whatever it is that you think, oh, I'm going to go for this. This is my next goal. And that's yeah. that's another thing for me. I've always been goal-oriented and it's stuff for a trip or whatever. And now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Well, I think that's I think that's a lot what a lot of people miss. And I learned these principles. Um, you know, I grew up learning very like stoic principles. So like you can only control what you can control, you know, memento mori. Um, if you were to leave life right now, how would that dictate what you do say and think, right? Like what would if you what knew tomorrow? Yeah, if you knew tomorrow you were going to expire, <laughs> like what would you do right now? And I was like, man, I wouldn't be doing this. No. <laughs> so then, hey, so then let's figure out and one of the reasons I started the podcast cuz I think a lot of people do that. They're like, well, I wouldn't be right here. I wouldn't be in this 9 to 5. I wouldn't be and maybe, you know, I've had some people be like, you know what? I listen to your podcast and I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I'm more of like a team player, right? I'm more of a linchpin guy. Uh -huh. I don't I don't want to come up with the idea I want to make the ideas happen. And I'm like, that's okay right too. On, man. Way to go, you know? And 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 so giving people the opportunity to realize that, you know, what you said was awesome. Like that your skills that you already have and that you can develop on your own can be ways to make you happy. Exactly. You know? exactly. The other thing I think about with with my father's death and suicide and, and my son, I always am conscious of when somebody when I leave someone, it could be the last time I see them. And what is, what do I want them to remember about what I say to them? Yeah. When somebody leaves, is that an angry word that I have? And so I've really, you know, especially with your family, sometimes, you know, you get, you get heated, yeah. slams the door, whatever. 19 year olds come home with tattoos, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow, beautiful, dear. Yeah. And you just have to, to realize, is that the last thing I want them to remember that I said. Right. And so that's shifted my focus and, yeah. and how I treat people and, and how I walk away from them or yeah. that I allow them grace in whatever they're going through, yeah. difficulties they're going through. Well, I think what one cool thing that happens when you learn this principle of like, there's not a whole lot else that matters other than love and kindness and empathy, right? Is you learn how to like give feedback and correction in a loving empathetic way because you can do that i think that's something that we've lost in society mm -hmm. overall because people think like empathy means that i can't give you constructive feedback or be like hey you probably shouldn't you know what i mean if something really happens where we need to address things you probably shouldn't have done that and you can do that in an empathetic way mm -hmm. that or just you don't even have to say anything you can just sure. allow them get rid of the judgment you know yeah yeah look at people that have addictions and and, and that oh. means everybody we all have addictions yeah, we do. you know <laughs> whether somebody's yeah. addiction is binging you know on uh, netflix, netflix or or shopping, gaming or yeah. shopping you know yeah. we we all have different addictions and so for us to look at somebody and say oh they're on drugs or they're bad or they're an alcoholic 
alcoholic or they're a porn addict. Okay. Or they binge on Netflix, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Give them grace because they are just trying to fill a hole. Right. And we don't know what that hole was from. Right. And if we can look at people less judgmental yeah. with more of an understanding and say, they're hurting. Yeah. How can I just say something nice? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're totally right. You know, I think you're right. I think because you're because you said that, too. You know, some things don't even need it. Some things are like, ah, eh, well, whatever. We don't need it. doesn't matter. Right. It just <laughs> you know, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And you know what? It's so good. And the other thing you said, you know, with addictions, like um, I think Russell Brand, I read his book, Recovery, um, and he said that, you know, people who are addicted, he, he wrote this in his book. He, he was like, people who are addicted to crack or heroin or things like that. He's like, I feel like those guys are the lucky ones because you can see it and, and, you know, and they can get help and it's, you know, and they can, it's really rapid how quickly they decline. Um, but he's like, but he's like, I had a food addiction, you know, Russell did. He's like, I had these other ones that like no one ever saw and those lasted longer than my other ones. Exactly. And he's like, and I had to get over those and no one knew. Right. And no one probably could give him compassion or empathy, right? Right, right. Because they didn't see it or they didn't yeah, know. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll just get over it. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> and then and then we do these things where we're like, um, I've always thought this is interesting. We like rate uh, sins or like addictions or something. Like we rate them like this is must be worse than that. Like I'm only, I don't binge on Netflix. I just, or like I only binge on Netflix. I don't do heroin. Like, yeah. well, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> However, you're checking out from reality. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, never watch another movie. Sure, again, right? sure, but, sure, sure. But it's all about moderation. And, and do you really yeah. want to be so checked out from reality that you're not putting your daughter to bed? Yeah. Because you're checked out. Right, um, right. It's a mindfulness, yes. being aware of what's going on. Exactly. And that's that's the saddest thing is when we choose to use something to hide from reality. And it can happen yeah. in grief. I mean, you can try to cover up your grief by by doing those things. Doing doing a lot of other things. That's that's intense. Well, I think I think the message is a beautiful one. I think a lot of people need to hear, especially today. Just like you said, like there's a lot of people who just who won't reach out at all because they feel like um you know, they might be a burden or, or maybe they just, maybe they're just scared because of what's going on. You know what I mean? So how do you, I mean, how do you approach those people? Um, you know, you want to get out there, you want to see them. I mean, how do you, what's your advice to people? So this is what I say. If, if you can be open and honest and, and the more truthful and open I've been about my son's death, the, the freer yeah. I feel. Right. We think, oh, I don't want to tell the truth about who I really am or what I'm going through because people will judge me. But it's exactly the opposite, because when we talk about how how we feel, how things are going, what's going on, that allows other people to feel that they can be authentic with us as well. Yeah. And and as I've talked more and more, people have come to me and they've shared how they really are feeling and how they are struggling. And so just be willing to be authentic, to get rid of the filters, get rid of the, you know, here's my happy life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know, this yeah. baloney. <laughs> right. Well, and you know what? A, a lot of people, I, I learned this too kind of early on. Um a lot of people that authenticity thing is is a is a tricky one for them because a lot of people believe at least in my experience a lot of people believe that authenticity means like that you can't change like if tomorrow if today i do something or say something and tomorrow i change my mind you weren't authentic and it's like <laughs> well 
I was, I am though, was because I'm ready to change. You know what I mean? And another thing that that brought me brought up is like <laughs> before I would think, you know, as an entrepreneur or a coach or whatever, you have to put this facade up. Oh, I'm oh, perfect. Yeah. And yeah. I have this. And it was so funny because I remember about two years ago, I was, I was doing some coaching, standing up in front of people and uh, the owner of the business who, who was running, you know, I was being a consultant for them. She said, you know, Lark, if you would actually, uh, you know, let down uh, the facade and, and really let people know who you are, they might connect with you better. Like, you might do, actually, people might like you. Yo. <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I'm like, yeah, you're right because oh, no. we think that we have to have. I've got it all together. Yeah, yeah. And none of us have it all together. Well, none of us do. And if and and you know, I think now I think you're right that that's changed a lot because now if you see somebody who who who's like that, you're like, something's not right. Now we think like Enron or something. Like it's too good to be true, man. Like <laughs> this doesn't happen normally. Like you know, um, and so people will run away. From, at least I do. You know, yeah. if I see if I feel like someone's like shows me they're a little too perfect, I'm like, because eh. I'm because I'm also very pragmatic. And one of those things is like, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be. True. True. Exactly. You know, and let's just be honest with our different struggles and right. what we're going through. Yeah. And, yeah. and then other people can feel like, hey, I can share with you or we yeah. can improve. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people and I and I guess I can ask you this, too. But like, you know, I feel like a lot of people struggle with that because they feel like people have to fix things. Right. And that would be my question is, is why do you think it's so hard for people to do that? Like to be authentic. You know what I mean? The pride. And and just feeling like, you know, I have to have all the answers. Well, no, you don't have to have all the answers. Right. 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 And, and it's, it's just a facade and it's, it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel it's okay to have weaknesses. It's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think now in those days, like I'm in sales a lot. And so one of my point of references for why I still tell people like, I don't know, or like I made a mistake is because I learned in sales. Like when I started doing that, when I would be up front with a client and I'd be like, Hey, look, I totally screwed this up mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to make it right as best I can. And if it works sweet and if, and if I messed up too bad and I lose your business, then I have something I got to deal with. And I found like when I do that, people are like, Oh, you know what? It's all right, dude. Like just rather than out, trying you know? to cover it up, <laughs> cover right? it up and right. put keep the facade. Like I never made a mistake. Yep. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, plus I'm sure they felt like, Oh, I can trust this guy because yeah. he's coming in and he's telling me where he's struggling or where he's having weaknesses. Oh, I can trust him yeah. that he's going to make it right as best he can. Or he's going to tell me in the future if there are problems. Right. And, and I think that that is, you're right though. And that's with all our relationships, mm-hmm. people, um, you know, you go, you go up to people, you're just honest with them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not having the best day, but, <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? But I think a lot of people struggle with authenticity too because they feel like like I if I tell you something like, "Hey, how are you doing? My day's actually not going really good, but I'm here for you. Like, what can I do to help you? You know, like they have to fix my bad day. And like, that's not your problem. You just asked me how I was doing. (laughs) You know, and being authentic doesn't mean that, hey, let me open the kimono and show you every little sin or whatever. Right, right. No, it's just like, hey, today it's it's a hard day for me, but I'm but I'm doing what I can. Or you know, I've I made a mistake at work, but I'm I'm working on it. It'll it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, you don't have to open up. Well, and 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 you know, and and I've learned the response to that too is like, all right, man, well, I'm here, you know. you need to talk, that's but right. let's go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, you're, you're not. To... Yeah, you're not there to fix them, or you yeah, can't save them, or anything. But, but yeah. you're just there, and you're just walking alongside. Yeah. Have you seen that video? Everybody's seen it, but the it's not about the nail video. Yes. I love that video. <laughs> I actually showed that to a group of kids one time, uh-huh. and I was like, you know, because I was teaching about you know just working in 
I was like just working in life. Like there were a bunch of kids in high school and, and that's one of the hardest times of life, especially for a, a youth that your body's changing, your emotions awkward, are changing, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're awkward. So like, how do you do this? Right. And I showed this video and a lot of the kids were like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and I was like, I hope you learned something from it because it's so important to be nice. Just be nice. Right. Like, right. Gosh, it doesn't man. cost you a lot to be nice. Right. Yeah, and it just, yeah. And it can you can change a world by yeah. being nice. And have I know you I mean you've written the book um and who was the book targeted for? Was it targeted more for adults? Was it was it for children? Was it you for know, anybody? It, well, two two groups actually. Okay. Okay. One is to parents who are struggling in their relationships with their child. Interesting. I wish I could say my relationship with my son was perfect, you know, <laughs> and we were so close and we bonded and we yeah. shared and we didn't. You know, we struggled every day. And yet I look back and I think those struggles are what helped me be a better person and to be more empathetic and patient and loving and kind. Yeah. And so to to parents who struggle with their with their children, um, some things that I have learned, some some regrets that I had and what I now do differently in, in my parenting. The other group is to those who maybe have lost a loved one who are struggling to go on. Um, when, when we lost our son a, a few months after my husband was just struggling, he needed to go to a therapist and he was there for several months. And the therapist gave him this book that he read. And at the end he said, that was the stupidest book I've ever read. I'm like, well, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, how is that possible? Yeah, you know, the yeah, therapist yeah. recommended this. Right. He goes, it was so sad. And so I said, let me have the book. I, I, I need to see this. So I skimmed through it. And it was a pastor who was putting together all of these stories about uh, loss and death from experiences he had had with people in the hospital. And and I said to my husband, I'm like, you're right. This is the this is the most <laughs> depressing book. There was nothing about hope oh, yeah. or or you know that you can go on or or nothing about letting these people who had experienced a great loss know that there was something worth living for. And I and I had sort of toyed with the idea that I was going to write a book at that point, but but I said yeah. I decided my book is going to have hope <laughs> and my book is going to offer people ways to move forward, right? Which is what I felt was missing. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a decision. You need to choose to do that. Um, but there are specific things that we can do that will move us forward. For me, it was finding a purpose bigger than myself that would help me be able to help others and move forward and, and help them. Wow. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people. I think hope is a big one, right? And so, how how do you? I mean, I, I haven't read the book yet, but I will. I promise. But how do you define hope? That what I'm doing has the chance to save lives mm. and a chance to change lives. And and honestly, my thought when I first started was, if I can prevent one other parent from going through what my husband and I have had to go through, I will have changed the world. Yeah. And in the back of the book, I put a few um, responses that I've had from people as I've shared my story, how it has affected and changed their lives. And I know that just in the short time that I've been able to share my story, already it has changed people's decision about staying on the planet, that they're not going to end their lives. Wow. And that's powerful. I just think that's one person that I've touched and who are they going to then touch? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, cause yeah, you never know what happens after that. Right. Mm -hmm. You never know what happens after you, you 
you change one person's life. Cause I mean, just like this, right? I mean, it is, it's about saving lives mm -hmm. and it's about the one life that you can save that goes on and makes a difference and, exactly. and everything like that. And I think that's a perfect definition of hope, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that there's something out there worth living, do, for, living right? for. Yes. Yeah. I think and, that's right. And I think it just reiterates that we are all connected. Yeah. We're not yeah. isolated. We cannot carry on by ourselves. We need each other. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to is we just need each other. Yeah. So you're so you're promoting the book now. When when does it officially officially releases November tenth, which okay. is just a couple of weeks away. That's cool. And uh, you can find it on Amazon. And uh, that's I'm, really cool. I'm really excited because it's a message of hope, and a message that you know even in the loss we can find some meaning and we can move forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think so. The book is here, and I think I think it's going to be a hit. I mean, I Thank can't wait you. to I can't wait to read it. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in because I love that. I also love the fact that we can go find local authors and who who've done this stuff and they write about their own experiences. I feel like to me, I can read books. Like, I mean, obviously, we're looking. I read lots of books and I and I appreciate the books from the big guys, you know. But there's always something really special about. Um, just you know, well, like especially the local if somebody authors. that you've met and you yeah. you know their story, yeah. and you know that the, the struggle is real. Yeah, and this is cool, you know, and and it's just it's just very inspiring to me that that you know because people think like, well, let me ask you when when you were becoming when you were going to become an author when it was going to be real like I'm going to write a book I'm going to do this like what what was your thought process going through this. Like, did you ever think like these big guys, how am I supposed to write a book like Tony Robbins or like Brene Brown or something like exactly, that? Exactly. You know, because my, my hope was that it would affect tens of thousands of lives. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, if I, if I, my thought was, if I can just share the story with my neighbors, because our neighbors were so kind and helpful to wow. us making, making it through this, this difficult time. So I thought if I can just share the story with, with the neighbors and then my friends and, and as a kind of grew from there people were like i want to read your story i do the podcast and people were like well i want to read it too yeah, and i'm like okay yeah. you know i just i just am so grateful each step of the way i've had help like i mentioned richard paul evans or the the That's other awesome. people the, the the editors who have come and and helped and just at every step there's been someone to help me with that process and to move forward and i feel like it's a message that needs to be shared and um People want to hear it. They yeah, want they, do. To, they want to know that there's there's hope. And so many people have helped me said this this message will change lives. Just in their reading it yeah. said I, I love this story. I know it's going to change lives. Yeah, well it's that's obvious, you know, and I think it's great. And I think um for other you know for other people i think i think this touches lives um and why and why i love talking to business owners and authors and local people right um because it just helps people realize like that hey that if you know i can share my story too and it doesn't take away from anybody you know what i mean exactly like i can write a book and i can help people and, and we all like come together you know what i mean that's right i, lo I love it <laughs> i love i absolutely love the culture that surrounds like mom and pop shops local businesses small businesses um because it's just like this unity that I don't feel like you get anywhere else. Like we all try to support each other. Exactly. Yeah. And th and that's the way I feel. You know, if there's somebody selling something that I, and I know you and you're selling something, yeah. I want to buy it from you, right? Yeah. Because I want you to prosper and, and do well. Right. Well, and, and when we do that, like things just really come back. You know what I mean? I like, like when you, when you write a book and you help people, when you start a business and you help people, when you don't do any of that and you help people, right? Like just giving just 
works. Exactly. Man. You know, and, and like with the book, th- this is not something you don't write a book because you think oh, I'm going to be a millionaire from my book. That, that's I'll just yeah. let you write low yeah. right now. That's like, that's not, <laughs> that's the way not it why is. you should write a book. Well, and it's usually not, you usually don't, usually don't do that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> usually in the hole when you write a book. Right. And the, the whole point being is like, do you have a, sh- a message to share that's going to change lives? Yeah. And that's, you, you know, and that's another thing I've learned before. It was always about, you know, the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, the the prophet is that I have helped you become a better person and, and yeah. to choose to share your gifts with other people. That's what is different about me now. It's not, oh, yeah, how much money am I going to earn from this? It's. How have I changed lives? Yeah, it's not about ROI. It's just about helping people. It, it is. And, and I'm fortunate like, yeah. that I'm in a position in my life where I can dedicate time to this project. Yeah, which is amazing. You know, which, which is, it's just one of those things where you listen and you're like, man, like everything came together to, so that you could write this book and help other people. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's a good thing, you know, and, and is that how you view the book? Is that how you view your process so it far? It is, you know, and I, and I just love it. And I just, I make myself available so that I can go share this message, you know, on cool. podcasts or, or in speeches or yeah. wherever. I'm just like, I'm just happy to share. Well, yeah. And people find a lot of comfort, you know, especially, especially people who, and that's why I love having so many different kinds of people on my, on my podcast, because when you find the one person who you look up to, who you see up there and you're like, you know, I'm listening to, you know, I'm listening to Lark on a podcast, you know, she, she's in my same spot. She's doing the things that I'm doing and she, she looks like me. She acts like me. And that means I can do something. You know what I mean? I have a little bit of inspiration, you know? Exactly. And, and I think that's awesome. So, um, so your pod or your book launches November 10th, November 10th. You can um, find it uh, on my website, which okay, is lartdeangalley.com. Yes. If you want to get alerts and updates there, and eventually the link to where you can buy it, cool. or it's going to be on Amazon as well. And, and your website, um, is that where people can go if they find you and they want to explore business coaching or maybe get involved in any other way? Right. Just, you know, you can find me there with uh, my email address and, cool. and how to reach out if you want me to come and talk to your group. Cool. I just, I just love to share, you know, and my, my message is, is that you matter and you have a message that needs to be shared with someone else and they need you. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the book. Thanks for coming on and talking about this. And, and, um, you know, before I, before I go though, I, I like to ask this question sometimes, but is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Any message you wanted to get out there that I missed? I, I think that's it. I, I just think, think yeah, it. I just, I'm so happy. Thank you for yeah. letting me share. Oh no, thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs>